Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Awesome. I want you to do me a favor and just welcome a couple of people that are real close to you. Um, don't touch them. Keep your, keep your distance, but cer- certainly give them a smile and a wave and, and all of those things, and, and um, let's enjoy a little bit of fellowship. We also want to just welcome our online church this morning. Um, thank you guys so much for your faithfulness. We know many people that, um, that are here on a regular basis are watching from home just because they're not feeling well. In fact, hey, just real quick, does anybody have somebody in your family or somebody that you work with that's just not feeling well? Maybe they've been diagnosed with the COVID and, and, uh, or another sickness. We need to pray for our president too, right? Our president and our first lady, whether you think he's the right guy for the job or not, how many of you know that we need to pray for those that are in leadership? Amen? And, uh, and, and prayers are effective, and, they, and they, they matter. And so please join with me in prayer as we just pray for those that are ill and sick around the world, and certainly our president and first lady. God, we thank you for healing that comes from you, God. I believe, God, that you are a healer today, and I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would be manifested um, to those that are not feeling well today, people within our church, people watching online, um, and, and, and people just around the world. God, we just pray that you, would, that you would touch their bodies, and we pray specifically also for our president and the first lady, God, that you just quicken their bodies, strengthen their bodies so that they can get through this and and get back to just, you know, making the tough decisions and leading this nation to the best of their ability. God, I pray for your hand to be upon them and the wisdom of God um, just to move through them. And I pray for them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. How many of you will continue to pray for those that are sick that you know? Come on, it really does matter. Amen? All right. Are you happy to be here today? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We had a really great first service, and I'm excited about this service here this morning, and I'm super glad that you are here. We've been in a a series called It's Not There. Um, Go ahead and say that. It's not there. And so the idea of this series is that, that there are many phrases that we, that we, that we speak about and, and we speak Christianese a lot of the times. We say these phrases so often that if somebody's, you know, unfamiliar, they can think that these phrases are in the Bible. Like, for instance, cleanliness is next to godliness. I honestly grew up thinking, yeah, that's got to be in the Bible because my mom says it and my grandmother says it. It's like, hey, make sure and wash behind your ears because cleanliness is is next to godliness, right? And, um, and that statement is not in the Bible. Another one is God works in mysterious ways. Like if you go to find that in your Bible, you're not going to find it. However, it's very truthful. Many times the way that God works is, is, um, is, is much different than how I would. Like if I was God, I would do things differently, but he does them in mysterious ways. Um, love the sinner, but yet hate the sin right? This is a true concept that we should love one another, um, but you're not going to find this phrase in the, in the Bible, you know? How many of you, how many of you know that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God? And how many of you know that when somebody sins in a, in a worse way than, than maybe you sin, sometimes we can be judgmental as if, as if, you know what I mean, we're better or, or somehow, you know, better off than, than they are. But the truth is, is, is if you've broken one of God's commandments, you've broken them all, right? And so we all need Jesus. And so another one is, is God helps those who 
help themselves. Like, once again, there's great ideas and uh, the concept. There's a lot of good things, you know, in, in and behind that. But you're not going to find that in the Bible. And then the last one I have written down here is only God can judge me. And I just want you to know that God didn't say that. Tupac said that. And, uh, and he even got a tattoo of it, I think, on his neck. But, uh, um, but, but how many of you know that we can judge one another? Like, like, like not judge, you know, the heart, but we, like when God says, he says, listen, you'll know people by the fruit that they bear. Like you can't sit back and I can't look, sit back and say, hmm, Michelle, hmm, uh, or Marcia, <laughs> Michelle, that's the second time I did that. Marcia, are you sure your name's not Michelle? All right. <laughs> So I can't sit back and say, and say, man, Marcia, you know what I mean? She's consistent. She's faithful. She's servant. She loves people well and all these things. Like, like me going, looking at her life and looking at her fruit, I'm standing in a place of judgment as to whether the fruit is good or bad. Another person, it's like, you know, have you ever been sold something and you just feel like somebody's being super sly with you? Like, it sounds way too good to be true, and you're just like, I don't know if I really trust this person. Well, you're standing in a place of judgment, maybe because of the fruit that they're, that they're, that they're bearing. Listen, God knows the heart. We can't judge the heart. And I'm just grateful that even though I have been an absolute mess in my life and getting it wrong and getting it wrong, God still is able to look at my heart and say, he's still my son. You know what I'm saying? Because he knows that my heart is right. And even though I'm, I'm a slow learner sometimes. Any other slow learners in the house? You're just like, man, like there's slow learners. And then there's Jason Cook. You know what I mean? It's like there, there's a, he's like, he gets the T-shirt. And uh, no, I get the T-shirt too. But uh, but anyhow, um, so what we do is we take these worldly phrases. We'll take phrases from, you know, from Oprah Winfrey and then add a little Jesus in there. And then we build these life phrases that, that, that sound really good and they sound inspirational, but they're just not true. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about one that is very, very dangerous. And this is the phrase... Just follow your heart. Now, I want to just give you some insight into, into this series with all of the heaviness that's going on in our, in our world with the elections and, and, and all this, the, the sickness and just people have lost their jobs and, and all of these things. I literally, I went into, I'm like, God, I want to just give a series that's kind of fun and cute and lighthearted. And, and, but yet also serious enough that, that when your word goes out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the mark. But that was my approach. And I'm just saying this, that my approach on this message today, there's zero way possible that I could, that I could approach it in a, in a cute, lighthearted fashion. Because this idea of just follow your heart is a stronghold from the pits of hell. Like, like, like you can, you can buy into, yeah, cleanliness is, is next to godliness. Like that's not going to hurt you. It's just going to make sure that you take a little extra time to make sure your body's clean. Right. And, and, but I'm telling you what, just follow your heart is a stronghold that will lead you so far away from the one true living God and walking in the spirit. In fact, this is a cover-up saying, you just walk in the flesh. And I'm just telling you this, if you walk in the flesh, you're going to fulfill the lusts and the desires thereof. And walking in the flesh leads to darkness, and darkness leads to death. That's how serious this is. Oh, man, just, and, and it's our knee-jerk reaction. This is the most overused, untrue statement that even Christians give as advice to somebody that's making a big decision. I can't tell you. I have heard more Christians say than non-Christians say, listen, man, just follow your heart. I'll be walking in, in and through the church, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you just kind of distant. You're not, you're not overstepping. You're not like eavesdropping. But you'll walk by right at that time when, 
when one person, you don't know what the full conversation is, but you, they, they put their hand on their shoulder and, oh, sister, just follow your heart. <laughs> don't. That's terrible advice. That is the worst advice that you can give somebody. Please don't ever say to somebody, just follow your heart. Come on, it's terrible. It sounds inspirational and spiritual, but it's wrong. You know, it's the recipe for every Hallmark movie. Just follow your heart. This is a Hallmark movie. They all fit into this category. I don't know why every single time you cry because you know the storyline. You know you got two people. They're supposed to be in love and spend the rest of their life together. One person is committed to the relationship. The other person is off chasing something else, maybe a job or, or this or that. And then all of a sudden at the climax of the movie, the, the one person that's been chasing something else, they come to themselves and they're like, my heart really knows that I'm supposed to be with this woman. And then all of a sudden they leave the job that they've been working for and they're running to the apartment only to find that the girl has left for London. I don't know why they always go to London, but they're just, you just missed her. She just went to the airport and he's running to the airport and right as she's turning her ticket in, at, you know, to board the plane. He says, stop. He breaks through security. He's getting arrested. And he says, I love you. I'm following my heart. And they get together and they live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> it's the recipe to every single Hallmark movie that's ever been made. But let me tell you this. How many of you know that we should, we should listen to the words that Jesus says, right? This is what Jesus says about the heart, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing. He says the heart, he said, out of the heart come evil thoughts. Out of the heart come murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. This is the, the, these are the best things that come out of the heart of a man. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it. And so when you're telling your, your buddy because you love them so much and you don't know what to say and you just want to sound inspirational when you say, follow your heart, you are hurting them. In fact, I'll tell you this, my biggest trouble and my biggest messes that I've ever gotten in in my whole life has been simply because I followed my heart. I did what Travis wanted to do. The worst of the worst situations I've ever found myself in is because I followed my heart. And guess what? Your heart's probably not a lot better than my heart. Don't follow your heart. You can't trust your heart. Your heart will lie to you. Any leader filled with things, these things should not be followed. And so listen, listen to me, because we're speaking about this message, you're going to be doing life Maybe even as soon as this next week, maybe you're going to be at work and you're just kind of going to the water jug or whatever. You're going to pass by a conversation and you're going to hear somebody say, oh, you just do you. See, you do you is the same thing as follow your heart. Like you're going to get on Facebook and you're just like you're going to see people. You just be you just do you. And in the, in the same idea, the concept of YOLO that was 10 years for, you know, it's 10 years old now. You only live once. That's the same thing as just follow your heart. You only live once. You got to do you. Come on. You know what? You just make the most of it. You're only young once. Sometimes people don't grow old because they just followed their heart. That like they're not privileged to even live another day because they just followed their heart and did something crazy and, and they lost their life. This is how dangerous this is. So you're going to be walking by or you're going to see something on Facebook. And I'm just saying this, maybe, maybe in the past you would just pass it by and not say anything. But you, my friend, have an obligation to speak up. The next time you hear somebody say, just follow your heart, because it's a stronghold. And if they follow their heart, I can promise you, it's probably not going to turn out real well for them. And so 
you've got to interject and you've got to say, no, don't do that. Listen, this person loves you. They're just trying to help you, but that's not the right, that's not the right advice. So following your heart will affect your health. It'll affect your health. My heart is the very thing that wakes me up at 1 o'clock in the morning to go destroy a row of Oreo cookies and milk. It will affect your health. Your heart, following your heart, will affect your finances. Your, your neighbor, you know, which maybe has a job that pays twice as much as, as, as you bring into your family, gets a new bass boat. And, 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 and it's a $90,000 bass boat. Your heart says, listen, you need a $90,000 bass boat, but this is the big difference. He makes twice as much as you. He's got a house that is his, and you're renting. And so you going out and buying a $90,000 bass boat following your heart is going to hurt your finances, and it might even hurt your wife and your relationship which is the next one. Following your heart will hurt your... Your heart will tell you that that young thing that's half your age at your workplace that kind of has just made you feel spry. Once again, you're just like, man, I feel like a young man again. Your heart is going to tell you that this is going to be the best thing for me. I'm going to leave my wife of 33 and a half years and, and maybe, possibly, there's something that I can build with this other person. It's not going to happen. And guess what? You probably don't want it to happen because after a while, you're not going to have very many things to talk about. They're in a different place in time than what you're in. And I'm just saying that that's what your heart will do. It's like, man, this is great over here when the, 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 the consistency and the, and the faithfulness and the commitment that you have built with the woman that you have spent 33, 35, 40 years with, maybe not even that long, but a long time. You see, your heart's going to lie to you and say, I think I can have better. You can't. You're going to you're going to lose everything precious, you know, to you potentially. So today, as we're sitting at the table of the Lord, that's what we're doing today. Right. We're in the house of the Lord. We're sitting at the table of the Lord in the in the and, and what I want to share with you is not just my ideas, but I want to share the word of the Lord with you. Sometimes the word of the Lord is not the most tasting like it doesn't have all the flavor that maybe something else has. Maybe sometimes sin even has more flavor for the moment. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to give you something nutritional that's going, to, that's going to help your life. And so I'm asking you to lean in, lock in, and consume the word of the Lord with me as we share it today. Jeremiah is where we're going to start. Jeremiah chapter 17. And um, we're going to start with verse 5. But Jeremiah was in a culture, he was dealing with a culture that is much like our culture today where there's a real battle between following God and following self. Like following God and following self. In fact, I believe that this battle has been around since, you know, since day one. Like, like there's nothing strange to man. We deal with trusting God or doing our own thing. And so it was the same here. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Like, like that's a bad situation. When you begin to trust in yourself that, that you're smarter, you know more, and, and all of these things, you turn your heart away from the Lord. It says, cursed are those people. And then it says what this curse looks like. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in a barren wilderness. Barren means, you know, uh, alone. They, they will be alone, and, and this land is going to be uninhabited and salty. Um, you're not going to produce a lot of fruit. This stunted shrub that's supposed to be huge and, and fruitful because of the environment of being away from the Lord and kind of doing their own thing, they're going to be isolated and alone and, and unproductive. There's not going to be any hope for a future. They will live in the barren wilderness in uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Verse 8. They are like trees that are planted along a riverbank 
with roots that reach deep into the water. They, they reach deep into the water. They're surrounded, come on, also by other trees. They're not alone. And, and I'm telling you what, this is the picture of being planted also in the house of the Lord. Like we were better together. We just talked about all that. And it goes on to say such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves, they stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human, this is the one that we always quote right here. This is the part of the scripture. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I want you to know, church, again, that the heart is sick. And, 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 and when you follow your heart, it's going to lead to darkness, which leads to death. Come on, following your heart leads to personal idolatry. Do you know what idolatry is? It's the worship of idols. We, we idolize. And, and so when you follow your heart, you begin to worship yourself. You're, you're like, listen, I know better than God. And it also leads to humanism. I'm telling you what, humanism is on the rise today. Humanism is when we say there's no need for divine or supernatural intervention. I'm my own man, and I can make better decisions than, than, than trusting and being led by the Lord. That's what humanism is. We have people, we have churches, we have strong, powerful churches today on our watch. This is why it's so exciting. It's terrible, but it's exciting because things are getting turned up. We have churches that have, that have trusted in the foundation of God's word for years and years, hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years. They've trusted in the authority of God's word, but we live in the day where they're changing it. Where, where they're, they, they, it's called doctrines of men. It's where we take a little bit of God's word and we mingle it with a little bit of, of culture's belief system. We see it happening right now. Like things that, that pastors and, and leaders, they probably would never have thought they would see 50 years ago. It's happening right now. And, and, and they would say, oh my goodness, if that happened, there would be a huge mass exodus and people would be just going crazy. But I can't believe that they're, it's happening right now. And, and many people are just treating it like, ah, yeah, you know, everybody kind of, their approach is a little bit different. I met a person in this community that pastored a church in this community that did not even know if the death, the burial, and resurrection really happened. And he was a pastor of a church in our community. How in the world can you do that? I can tell you how you can do it. It's whenever the ministry becomes a job. Like, you'll say what, you know, you're supposed to say, but there's no conviction. There's no, you know, that stinks before the Lord. That absolutely stinks before God. How in the world can we take something that is obvious in God's word and say, well, you know, culturally like that fit then, but it really doesn't fit now. And it's happening today. And I'm telling you what, the closer we get to the end, the more disgusting it's going to be because we have allowed ourselves to slide. You can't, once you allow yourself to buy into something, you can't stop anywhere down the road and say, wait, 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 wait. This is too far. This is too far. You can't do it. Once you open the door to sliding down a slippery slope of sin by saying, listen, you know, God's word, it really doesn't mean exactly everything it says, then you can't say, stop. This is wrong. Well, if this is wrong, why is that right over there? And I'm telling you, right now, there is a push. I, I'm not spending a lot of time on this, but I remember years ago saying, okay, we're going to open the door on this. It's going to be a matter of time before people are going to, they're going to be saying, listen, I was, I was born a pedophile, and, and it's a natural bend that I have. And how in the world can you say that's wrong? I was born this way. And guess what? We are here right now. This is happening right now in, in this great United States of America because 
we have gone away from the truth of God's word. And, and, and is, is the truth easy to, to consume and eat all the time? No. Sometimes it's very difficult to consume. Sometimes God's word, like the only way to be obedient to it is through sacrifice. And it's going to cost you. But I'm telling you, the cost on this side of eternity is worth it on the other side to say, you know what? I, I've, got this, I've got crazy stuff in my mind and and I've got bins, but you know what? God's given me self-control, and I'm not just going to give myself over to every single temptation that comes my way. I'm telling you, church, it's time for us to grab a hold of the truths of God, regardless of how easy it is, come on, to swallow. We have to eat it and consume it and trust it and believe it and pursue it, and who knows, maybe even God will take some of those difficult things that we deal with and change them. Guys, I didn't mean to go off on this, but this is just where we're at. And I'm telling you, now is not the time to go to sleep and just be, be fine with, with, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You know, we and Jesus, we're good. Come on, we have to know him. We have to know his word. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. This is when Jesus is calling his disciples to himself. Uh, This is what he said. He says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said this. If any one of you wants to be my follower. And listen, Jesus would say the same thing to every every single one of us today. If any if any one of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. Listen, that cross that you're taking up, like he already bore his cross. He was on the cross. He died, was buried, and resurrected. That cross, we've got to crucify ourselves. We've got to die out to ourselves and say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. And I know that this isn't popular because in churches, and I've probably made the same mistake again, that God will take every dream and desire that you have and, 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 and he'll just use it for your glory, but for his glory. But, but this is the thing is some of the dreams and the desires that we have, maybe they don't have anything to do with God. Like, like maybe we just have selfish ambition and we've got dreams of becoming, you know, the, the next great entrepreneur and, and, and having all this money because of the prestige and the security that it's going to bring. But, but come on, how many people have you heard of, like doctors that have gone through eight to ten years of school, got great practices, and then all of a sudden they answer the call of the Lord, and God calls them out of the medical field to serve on a mission trip, and, and they're making a fraction of what they've ever made, but they're the happy. They're the most joyful. They never even saw this as being a possibility, but they're in the sweet spot of God, moving, being used by God, seeing their life count and matter. I'm not saying that God's calling you to the mission field, but if he is, come on, sometimes your success is going to be the biggest thing that you have to hurdle to go and fulfill the plan of God. I got a $90,000 bass boat. I don't. Somebody else may. I got a, I got a, a $500,000 house. I've got horses that I love to ride every week. I've got four-wheelers. I love to, you know, shoot guns and, and all of these things. And, and a person, when they're called to do what God has called them to do, it might be too much to walk away from, like the rich young ruler, go ahead and sell all of your possessions, come and follow me. And what did he do? He walked away sad. This is a guy that had kept the the law since he was a boy. He was doing all the right things, but something got in his way and kept him from, from, from doing what God was ultimately calling him to do. You know, and God's calling on your life is very different. Maybe, maybe, you know, God will use all of those wonderful things, you know what I mean, to advance the kingdom. And that's really cool, too. But all I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, we've got to huh, listen to this. I didn't share this first service because it just came to me now. You can't let your heart lead you. You've got to lead your heart. You've got to you've got to you've got to hear the Lord and say, this is where we're going. We, you've got to lead 
your heart. You've got to be a person of self-control. So three statements. I'm going to try real quick because I don't want to keep you here long. But three statements that will combat following your heart. Number one, you've got to decide who is Jesus to me. I want you really just to pay attention just real quick. If I put you to sleep up to this point, wake back up. Just wake back up. Um, just wake up because you really need to answer this question. Who is, and, and not, not like the biblical answer, like you're, like you're you know, you're, you're in a competition and, and whoever sounds the most spiritual with their answer wins. Like I really want you to answer the question, who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus you know, to, to, to me, because we know that, yeah, he is the he's the the only begotten of the father. He's the he's the sinless son. He's the sinless savior. He 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 spent his whole life and he did not sin. And 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 he's the fullness of God manifest in the flesh. Like these are the beautiful, you know, spiritual, religious. He died for the sin of humanity that anybody that would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Like that's the that's the biblical answer. But do you treat him that way or is he a, a, a is he somebody is he the, just the rescuer when you're in trouble? It's like, man, oh my gosh, I made all these bad mistakes. Jesus, please, and you're just bawling and crying and then God shows up and then you go back to doing your own business. Come on, is he just a convenient friend? Is he somebody that every once in a while when you don't have the answer, he's the He's the one that you go to get some counsel from. Is he, what is he to you? Like, who is he really to you? Do you long to spend time with him? Like, do you want to know him more? Or are you just okay with knowing him a little? Who is he, who is he to you? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13 says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples... Who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's saying, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, and other people say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah. Or, and there's even other people that say that you're just one of the prophets. And so, man, if somebody said that about me, like, like if I stood up here, who do people say that I am? Like, if you were like, you're kind of like John the Baptist, I'd be like, yeah! <laughs> Wow, like one of the prophets, yeah, huge compliment. They were saying, listen, you're a great leader. You're a truth teller, but guess what they didn't say? People aren't saying that you're God. And so Jesus comes back again, and he, and he says, okay, now we're talking about the mass. We were talking about the multitudes, but now I want to break it down to you. He said, but who do you say? That I am. And I'm telling you what, this is the most important question of the Bible because how you answer this is everything when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. He said, Yeah, everybody else is saying all those things, but I want to know who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And 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 and, and Peter, like Peter gets it right for once. Yes, woo! Peter steps up and he says, he says, um, he said, you are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You know what he was saying? He said, Jesus, you're the king. You are the high priest. You are the creator of all things. You are God manifest in the flesh. Peter, in that statement, he was saying, listen, I can't save myself. I can't do anything good for myself. My salvation rests and it lies ultimately in you. He came to this place that you and I, we have to come to. We got to look at Jesus as more than just a teacher, you know, more than just a, a, you know, a man with great wisdom, one of the greatest leaders and truth tellers. Come on. We have to look at him as God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. So listen, when we get this right when you get right who God is to you, you will experience incredible blessing. Number two is this. Following your heart leads to failing in temptation. How many of you have been tempted this last week? Man, oh man. How many of you have been tempted badly this last week? How many of you have dealt with temptation maybe even today? 
right? And so temptation is always present. And I just want you to know, I know you know this, but being tempted isn't a sin. But whenever you succumb to the temptation, when you when you follow through with the temptation, then it becomes a sin. And sometimes we get tempted so much and we fail so much. And we've we've heard so much about God's mercy and grace. Sometimes sometimes we say, Lord, I'm going to partake in this. I'm going to do this and I'm just going to ask you to clean it up later. You see, there's a there, when you're following your heart and Jesus is a part, that's what you do. You just fail because you're a failure and Jesus, always he's the rescuer. But I'm telling you what, if he is the Savior and you're being led by his word and by his spirit and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, then when you're in temptation, you say, come on to that 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 marijuana pipe or that 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 strong drink or or the that pornography on a computer you say listen get behind me satan get i'm not i don't have to do that come on i've got the spirit of the living god in me and while the temptation is strong come on i can be an overcomer like i don't have to go back and repent for my sin i can keep from sinning in the first place there's a difference in our approach right there's a difference you guys know that one of the biggest things that I deal with is, is my weight. It fluctuates. And every time, inevitably, that I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, I'm going to start jogging. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start eating a little bit better. Every time somebody, some beautiful soul in this church, because they know that I love chocolate cake, like not German chocolate, like people... That's two different things. Like there's chocolate cake, which is from heaven, and German chocolate is from someplace else. But, but like I'm talking heavenly chocolate cake. So I, I, I've just made a decision. Nobody, nobody, I haven't told anybody, hey, I'm going to start going to the gym, eating healthy. But inevitably, every single time that this happens, somebody will deliver to my house a beautiful chocolate cake. And I'm talking not just thin frosting, like thick frosting, <laughs> thick, thick frosting. And so, so I've got other people in my house. My wife and kids are, are there from time to time. And so we just put it on the table and I'll walk by it like walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust and the desires of the flesh, saying, get thou behind me, Satan. And, and feeling really good, you know, spent the whole day, <laughs> got you. And then I'll wake up about 2.30 in the morning covered in chocolate wondering what happened. <laughs> like, 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 like not being able to walk in control. And I just like slept walk out there and got a, didn't even get a fork, just started diving in. And there I am, chocolate on my face and my hair and in my hands with tears streaming down my eyes saying, Lord, please don't let those calories count. <laughs> I'm telling you, we don't have to succumb to those things. Jesus dealt with temptation. I didn't share this first service. I'm going to share it today. I apologize. We're going just a little bit over, but I'm going to rush through this. Matthew 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became hungry. And so Jesus was hungry. He's all alone in the, in the wilderness it says, during this time, the devil came and said to him, if you were the son of God, tell those stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus, I want you to know, Jesus responded with the word of God. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and he said, listen, and so, first of all, Jesus answers by quoting the scripture, and now the devil is like, oh, listen, I know the scripture too, so the devil takes him up to this high, high temple, and he said, if you're the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say, he's, he's quoting the word of God too, the devil is quoting the word of God, the devil knows God's word, the scriptures say, um, he will order his angels to protect you 
and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So the devil is quoting actually a portion of Psalms 91, but, but the devil misappropriates it or he misinterprets it because Psalm 91 is about trusting God and not tempting God. And so listen, once again, you have to be a person that knows God's word. Like we have to spend some time getting in God's word because the devil will bring words to you. In fact, this whole series has a little bit to do with that. Coming to a place of believing that what people say is in God's word, where the idea might be there, but it's not there at all. It's twisted. And, and if we live our lives by this instead of the truth of God's word, then we just we, we, we get all mixed up. Jesus responded, the scripture also say that you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will just but kneel down and worship me. Jesus said, get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Come on, the, the, the day that we live in where we know God's word is so vitally important and you need to be surrounded by people come on, that can call you when you get it wrong, that, that they can say, listen, I love you so much. You're not thinking properly. See, we live in a culture where where brother, if you say something to me that I don't like, I just I just get rid of you. I just treat you like an old pair of shoes. And I'm like, I don't have to deal with him anymore. And I'm just saying that as the church, unfortunately, we've dealt like with one another that way. And and Somebody says something that we don't like or we get offended. What do we do? We just run down the street and we find another <clears throat> we find another group of people. You know what I mean? To be connected with until they, too, say something that that that, that we that we don't like. And, and I'm just saying that we, we've got to get better at that. And I, I hope you also value people in your life that will properly Come on, interpret God's word. We have to interpret God's word by God's word. Like we can't just take something and proof text it. We can't find something and build a huge doctrine around. I, I was raised in a church that they did just that. They took, and, and, and listen, some cool things and great things happened in this church, but they stood on a passage of Scripture like that was the most important passage of Scripture. Every other Scripture was secondary and there were people that didn't even believe that they were saved because they did not speak in tongues. Because they, they, they did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when I got older, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, what? 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 Thinking that we had the, you know, that small group of people had the corner on, on the truth. And I'm just saying it's very, very dangerous. Number three, last one, don't follow your heart. Follow the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. This is why you can't follow your heart. There's a way that seems right to man. And if you follow it, come on, it will lead to death. Come on, we got to follow God's word. We got to follow the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Come on, the spirit of God is never going to tell you something different than God's word says. This is another thing that we've seen so much in the church it, it, ever since I've been a Christian is just has, has been has been, you know what? God just spoke to me and he told me this, but it completely contradicts what God says in his word. And you bring that to their attention and, and it's just like, well, that's just what I feel God said. And so there's no teachability. The Holy Ghost is not going to speak anything different than what God's word says. It's not going to contradict itself. Amen. And praise the Lord for people that will love you enough and say, listen, that's I just don't I'm not I know you're feeling that, but I'm not feeling that. And let me tell you why, because it, this is what God's word said. I have a hard time believing that that and spend time with them. Let's love each other better. Come on. Loving doesn't mean agreeing with everything that's going on. Amen. 
I hope you guys are connecting with what, with what I'm putting down. I feel like I'm just talking a lot. I'm talking more than I usually talk. But I just, guys, there's something fresh and new happening that is going to require a better relationship with God than maybe, and, and not that everybody's struggling, but I just feel like, you know what I feel like? The Lord's just calling us higher. He's saying, Travis, you've been walking with me here. You've been walking with me here, and this has been good, and it's been fine, but I'm calling you up higher. I'm calling you up to greater faith, to greater understanding. I'm calling you up to pursue me, to trust me, Come on, to do crazy things that maybe you've kind of held back in the past. Amen? I feel like that's what God is calling us to, is to a, to a different place. Come on, in Him. Romans 10, or 8, 14. As men are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's my prayer. My prayer today is that our church would simply just be led by God's Spirit. I, I was watching a YouTube video this morning, and uh, this was on hypersonic sound. This is kind of a really cool, have you seen that? Elwood Norris, there's a guy by the name of Elwood Norris that he kind of, he was able to focus sound in a way to where they shrink it down, they focus it so much like it's almost like a little laser beam, and, and, and you can shoot I could shoot this sound wave 150 yards away. Like, let's say I'm Michelle, uh, yeah, uh, Marsha, stand up, please. So, so this is not 150 yards. This is probably, I could throw a football that far, so it's probably about 50 yards. And, uh, and, and, and so Marsha's right there. Like, I could take this, this hypersonic sound wave, and I could point it directly at Marsha, and she could hear it, but, but her kids that are sitting around, the people that are sitting around her, they would not be able to hear that sound. Like, I could get you a message that nobody else... Check out the YouTube video. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Hypersonic sound. But this is exactly what the Holy Spirit's like. Like, you could be in a whole crowd of people where everybody's thinking, but nobody's thinking properly. And then all of a sudden, the Lord... Come on, he, he begins to speak to you. And maybe the message is just for you. But then again, maybe the message is for everybody else. And because you are following the Holy Spirit, you're not following culture. You're not following the media. Everybody's talking. There's chaos all around. Everybody's saying something. But you are having a hard time believing anything that's said. You don't trust anybody. I'm telling you, you could trust the Lord. You could trust the Holy Ghost. You could trust the Word of God. And God will get you a word that can help everybody in the whole establishment. Maybe everybody in your family. Maybe it's just for one other person. Maybe they're contemplating leading their wife. And then all of a sudden, you come up and you begin to speak the word of God over them. And then all of a sudden, they're like the prodigal son. They come to their senses and they come to a place of repentance. God, I am so sorry. Why have I even allowed these thoughts to enter into my mind? And then they go and they recommit, come on, to their wife, to their family, because you heard from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Man, oh man. I hope you guys receive the message today. And I hope that you're challenged the next time you hear somebody say, just follow your heart, that you'll be, ah, time out. I know why you said it, and I know you loved it, but listen, don't follow your heart because it's deceitfully wicked above all things. Amen? I want to pray for you today. Will you please stand to your feet, and will you please put your hands in the air like this, facing up like you're going to receive something from the Lord. God, I know that this, this, uh, this, this sense that I have is because, God, you're intensifying things and you're calling us just to make ready. God, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and a sound mind. And God, we just position ourselves um, just to receive from you, Lord. I pray right now, God, that 
whatever these folks need, whether here or online, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you just begin to minister to them through the word, God, that you minister to them through their ability to listen to the Holy Spirit in their life, God, and that being combined with the word of God that's written on their heart, that you would speak to them, God. So many people are dealing with different things right now. They need to be led by you. They need understanding from you. They need the truth. There's so many lies being spoken. They need the truth of, of uh, the, 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 the pure truth of God's word, that beautiful truth that nourishes. God, give them wisdom in decision making. Um, Lord, bring us to a place of repentance if we need to repent. Um, to, you know, to, to just go all in with you. You know, God, send me. I will go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, God. You are my everything. I pick up my cross. I'm dying to self. My life belongs to you. It's not my own. It's been purchased. It's been bought with a great price. God, use me. Help me with my unbelief. I believe, but help me with my unbelief, God. God, I just pray that there would just be an attitude adjustment corporately for us, that we would look forward to, God, what you're going to do through us this week. God, I pray for the lost. I pray for those that are saved, that know you, that need encouragement. God, I pray for our president, our leaders. I pray for our churches, leaders around the world. I pray for the the church itself, people that belong to the church, that they would not... They would not buy into confusion, but God, that they would be steadfast standing upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus, not shaken, that they would be anchored to you, that as the stores come, they're not shaken, they're not, they're not, they're not torn apart, but God, I just pray in the name of Jesus for the church and the health of the church, and God, I pray for an outpouring of the Spirit, that, 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 that even the gifts of the Spirit um, just like, you know, I, I feel like you're bringing us back to a place of, of moving um, in the gifts, not manufacturing the gifts, but moving in the gifts. But Lord, let us be ready for those gifts and, 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 and just be ready to not only be used in those gifts, but also to receive the, uh, the instruction and the direction of those gifts as well, Lord. And, um, and God, we just, we just need more of you. I just want more of you. We want more of you, Lord. We love you. And help us to love each other better and love and serve your people better. In Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.